time to do another one. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection. I am the captain of this vessel, Andrew. With me are Anchor, Keith. Hello. And of course, the one that always brings the wind to my sails, Liz. <laughs> hey guys. I'm just kidding, you're actually like a second anchor. But this week was Liz's pick. Liz, what did we play? We played Spirit Fear. Spirit Fear. Fear. Spirit Fearer? We played Spirit Fearer. All right. Is that right? <laughs> Benadryl Cumberland. <laughs> we played Spirit Fearer. This game is brought to you by Thunder Lotus Games. This is, I do believe, the studio's third game. And Spirit Fairy is a 2D platformer slash resource management base building game. Wait, was so this my playing... pick? I don't know. Whose pick was this? No, it was definitely Liz's. <laughs> Your pick's next week. Yeah, I know. I was... Yeah, because we played... It was a, it was a joke we about the platformer. Sorry. Oh, okay. Andrew, you kind of convinced me to play this game. I know. And are you glad you did? I am. Not to get ahead. <laughs> All right. So this is a game for you? It's a game. Well, we're getting ahead. Keith, is this a gamer pass for you? I think it's definitely a game. Um, and I don't know if you wanted me to say more. You, you... No, go ahead. If you have more to say, go ahead. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's I don't know. It's a really easy game to just kind of pick up and play. It's very relaxing. relaxing. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a lot of fun. And this will also be a definite game for me. I really enjoyed Spearfare. This. To me, the best way to describe this game, this game is the nice hot cup of cocoa that you get on a nice cold day. It is like the epitome of like relaxing, just sitting and like not really having to worry about anything. So if you're looking for something just super chill and super relaxing that you can just enjoy and have a feast for your eyes and your ears, this is right up your alley. Oh, and also too, I kind of wanted to make a quick news announcement. I know we don't generally don't do a lot of news, but this is the exciting thing. If you are a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, Game Pass is now officially, you are now allowed to cloud stream on your phone if you have an Android. Mm. But this is actually one of the games that is offered on currently on the Xbox Cloud streaming service. And I would highly recommend it because the great thing about Spearfare is just, like I said, it's relaxing. You can just kind of pop in, pop out, and not really have to worry about too much. So, yeah, if you have an Android phone and you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you can start streaming on your phone. All right, but I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, let's dive into it. Starting off, what did you guys think of the story? So, a real quick synopsis of the story is you are essentially, you wake up randomly and you are and you are greeted by Charon. But he essentially just tells you, hey, you're taking over my job. I am going on to the next world. You are now the Spearfarer. You need to guide these spirits to the Everdoor and let them peacefully go on to the next life and there you go you're instantly just dropped in you get a boat and you start finding spirits to get to populate your boat and you build them and make them happy so going around liz what did you think of the story i really liked it i wish that you got more information because this game actually gave me some feels with two people who left which i was talking to andrew and we're always different with what games give us feels because it didn't really for you but I ended up looking up more information about the characters and about the developers, and it gets a thousand times more sad when you read about it. <laughs> like, I kind of, like, don't recommend doing it. So I got invested in the characters. I will say that 
the, some of the characters are annoying, and I, I guess all the characters are. I guess all the characters were in your life before, so everyone I that don't you meet along know. the way. I, I, well, okay, so most I will are. say I got my information from was it like the fandom wiki? Yeah. So I don't know how accurate that is, but it goes through like all the different people. I didn't get all the characters. I think I'm missing like maybe three or something. Yeah. But even like some of them, you just like meet like met like once in your life. So looking up the backstories, like I was a thousand times more interested, but they don't give it to you in the game. So I thought that was probably like the biggest disappointment in the game for me. I can see it being a game that, or the style or story that kind of has a lot going on outside of what you're actually seeing in there. That, that makes a lot of sense. And you'll probably actually be surprised to find I actually was kind of interested in the story. And I think partly because the play style is just so relaxing. It's just so set back. And the characters are oddly engaging. Even the ones that are kind of annoying, there's something to them. Um, I, I will say I did notice at least one or two of them made it like a passing comment about, I think I know you. So I think you're right that in some capacity, all of these characters have played a part in your life or the main story, the main character's life. I don't know to what degree. Um, but yeah, at the same time, actually, there was at least one of them that when I sent him off to the Everdoor, I was I was slightly sad. It, it kinda, Which one? Uh, actually, I think I think the very first one. It might vary, maybe depending on how you do it. But Gwen, it, oh, like yeah. I got this like weird butterfly in my belly. It was just like, oh, this is really for sad me, and serious. For me, it was Alice and Summer that kind of hit me. But I think I got rid of Gwen kind of early on. But one thing that I really liked that they did with the characters is that they show their personality with how you interact with them because you can give your characters hugs and some of them like weren't really about it. Others were like, yeah, don't tell anyone. And uh, like, you actually see them hug and sometimes they're like taken aback and then they like go in for the hug and it is the cutest animation I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. I couldn't handle it. It was so cute. So for the story, like you're saying I didn't get any feels. It's not that I didn't get any feels. For me, my biggest issue with a little bit with the story is I felt like a lot of these spirits that you're collecting, I felt like the stories were incomplete. So like with Gwen, the first spirit you get and tends to be the first one you end up letting go, I couldn't figure out if she was a family member or a friend. The story, that, the dialogues you were getting from her were very kind of vague. And I didn't quite understand like... I don't know, her resentment or anger as to what was going on. Her motivation, got, like, Aaron, Andrew. That's what you're like. Yeah. Well, what was her motivation? Talk about her father. Yeah. I, I guess. But I don't know. No. She was always talking about how she was like conflicted and angry with her parents. But I didn't fully understand what was going on. It sounded like her dad left her mom for another guy. And, and then her mom, I don't know, just didn't pay much attention to her. She's a rich person. I mean, it's like rich people problems, I guess. I don't know. See, I got you go to you go to her mansion and it's all fancy. And she's like, I hate this place. And it's like, ugh, so pretentious. See, but I got the vibe or kind of understanding that they were family. I thought that was and, and I agree with you that it wasn't entirely clear because they were cl they were definitely very close from everything you, you had in their dialogue. But they never gave you an exact description of, you know, what, were you siblings? Were you cousins? Were you just close families? I don't really know. And then even when you send her off through the Everdoor, finally, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, I guess I'm done now because, like, I don't. I, nothing felt completed with her story. It just felt like exactly. she decided she was ready. Yeah. So it was kind of weird, but 
outside of that, I, I at least found it to be like, I don't know, just really interesting and kind of talking to all the characters and they were pretty entertaining for the most part. Which is something that Andrew and I discussed with Alice, which I can't believe that didn't give you the feels. But so when she's on your boat, she ends up like having difficulty like getting around. So you help her walk different places and she starts showing signs of like Alzheimer's or dementia. And I, it, like right when that started happening, when she started getting like forgetful and stuff, like I like my stomach sank. And it's also weird too though, because you'd think that cause like she is dead, like she would be healthy. She would remain vibrant. But it's like what happened in her life happened to her there. Well, I mean, maybe this is this is not the right time for this, but I mean, are they all kind of in purgatory? Uh, yeah. I, mean, I was I was gonna mention that, but I was like, are he's you, just gonna get sassy. Are you the facilitator of purgatory for these souls? Because <laughs> even outside of them, all of the NPCs that you meet are just these very samey ghostly cloaks which leads me to believe they're kind of all dead too it's just that yeah. you're just not refused to move on yeah like they're just still stuck in this world of just like going through the motions believing their day-to-day matters but really they're just in purgatory and they haven't come around to it and maybe it's because they don't know you like the other ones do so when you know when they recognize you they don't recognize you're the spirit fair i don't know well, no, I remember, like, someone actually mentioning that I am the spirit fair. Oh, so you're I feel right. like they, I think that they just don't want to move on. And then they have people that work there, kind of like you do. Like, they have the turtles, and they have, like, the shipwright, um, what's his name, Albert? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was weird. Like, I feel like everybody knows. And then I like that when they go onto your ship and they choose to go with you, they turn into a different animal. Like, they turn into an animal. Which I thought was interesting, because they said, depending on their personality... It shows like the animals destroy, like showing their true personality, which I didn't get. Because the snake was just oh yeah, the, I wanted to hug the snake. The snake was sweet. the The deer was just kind of snooty. I, I can see that. I can see a deer being pretentious though. Something about I, guess. Well, I like that they made Giovanni, who like cheated on his wife like all the time when uh, they were together. They made him look like like Scar from The Lion King. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie since I was a kid, so I'm like, am I remembering this right? But he's this very, like, pompous, like, scary lion. Like, they make himself. him look creepy. Yeah. But he, like, flirts with you and stuff. And he flirts with everyone. I thought it's cool what they did with that. But one qu- question real quick on the story, Keith. I talked a little bit with Liz. So one of the characters you have, Summer, she's obviously another person who's closely related to you. It sounds like she married your aunt. And so she's, yeah, kind of a family member to your character. Her whole story is you're kind of interacting with this dragon. I couldn't... What did you think the dragon was? Because they even keep talking about how it's some sort of metaphor. Whenever people generally describe dragons, it's generally some sort of addiction. But she didn't seem like a character that had addiction. Well, no, because the Liz dragon... made a good point. The dragon was chasing her. She wasn't chasing the dragon. Just that's a good point. That's usually the, the addiction reference. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what Liz has to say. And then I'll well, put I read it online, so I don't know if it's true, but I read online that it was cancer. So she got cancer before she met Rose, battled it, and then she lost the second go after I could, Rose passed. I could see that being, or even if it's not necessarily cancer, just some sort of life-threatening illness, and it kind of chased her, and then finally, yeah, because at the end of it, she finally, like, she explains that just, yeah, all this time she was sort of seeking out and trying to face the dragon head on, but now it's time to just finally let it overtake her and move on. So I could see that. And I will say the cancer theory 
Another thing that's also kind of a good idea that it might be that is whenever you interact with the dragon, you're hitting these nodes, but they're clearly these they're clearly stuck on the dragon's body. Yeah. So it could be cancer that you're trying to cut away the cancer to kind of mm. delay the dragon. So I I mean even to that point, I I almost get the sense that like kind of when you're going through all these characters and when we're talking about that is all of them they kind of describe to you their death because Gwen describes something about like burning buildings and stuff, doesn't she? So like um, it was almost sounds like she died in an accident and then Alice might have had some sort of like dementia. So she might have just died of, you know, old age slash dementia. Goodness knows with Giovanni and Astrid there. Um <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering that too, because th- that was my question, was trying to figure out, yeah, how some of these people died. Yeah, we kind of, as we said with Summer, we figured it was probably like cancer or, like I said, an addiction. Yeah, Alice was kind of, uh, like, understandable. But yeah, with Gwen, that was my other issue, why I felt like her story was incomplete. I, I don't know. I could I like I said, I could have sworn I remember her talking something about, like, the building burning at some point or something along those lines. So I'm curious if there was some sort of family accident and, like, multiple of them died or somehow she was the only one who died i don't know something like that i mean gwen was a smoker so it is possible and i mean all that to that point though too that could have just been part of the symbolism of gwen is as you know she might have died in a burning building and now in her afterlife she's just smoking butts all day all day (laughs) and she just never stops i felt like they didn't give a lot of information on one of my favorite characters i think it's a tool I should know because he's one of my favorites. He's the frog, the uncle. Oh, yeah. A tall. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they, they didn't give much information with him. And he was my favorite, but he also, like, I don't like being on the receiving end of nagging. And I was like, if he asked me for fried chicken one more time, oh, good <laughs> like, gravy. I'm going to send him to the afterlife. And, yeah, because, like, they, they give you, like, requests and stuff. And each character is, uh, they have their favorites and things that they don't like in terms of food because you have to feed them every single day. And he was oh, great because he would just eat everything. Yeah. Well, some people, I'm sorry, were picky. Like, oh, I'm watching my figure. It's like, because he's like a super svelte. It's like, come on, dude. You You're can, dead. You can eat. You're dead. Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> just eat what you want. Eat what you want, bud. Yeah, he was, but he, he at least apologizes for his daggingness. And he, he tells a sad story about the boy he used to send off for all the crazy spices and all that. So he acknowledges that he's a bit of a nuisance. And then he continues to be said nuisance. I just felt like I should have gotten an achievement for that fried chicken after having to deal with that for so long. <laughs> yeah, he, he asked real early <laughs> on, I feel like, for when you can finally get to that point. Yeah. So as annoying as the nagging is, the great thing about Spearfare is that's like the worst it gets. It's just slight nagging. There's no losing in this game. There's no combat. There's no failing an objective. There's no your character dying, somebody else died because you didn't beat them. It, the only thing you can do is just slightly better. You can't fail, but you can't, you just won't get fully rewarded if you're doing an activity and you just don't do as well. So that was one thing I thought was so relaxing and nice about this game. You literally could just kind of set your controller down and you'll still kind of get participation credit kind of thing. Which I agree, but I, I think that like the worst part of the game and something that I kind of hit a wall with was that it kind of got tedious. Because, I mean... Some of the resource stuff, yeah. You have the, the mini games for, I mean, a, there's a ton of stuff. Whenever you want to use the loom, the foundry, sawmill, crusher, the smithy, you have to do a mini game. And then you just also, like, you have to keep up with the field, the garden, the sheep, feeding people. Like, I wish you could just put things in a refrigerator. 
And I don't know, for me, like, and I also didn't think that the progression was good because I needed a ton of ash logs, but I couldn't open the area that the majority of it was. So I just had to kind of keep going, like waiting for the ash logs to kind of respawn. And I was kind of stuck. And I, I don't know, I just felt like just waiting for something happened a lot. I, I fully agree. Some of the things were really tedious. Some of the mini games I thought were quick and relatively interesting that I didn't mind doing I liked it. the loom, actually. Like, I found it, like, really relaxing. The loom was good. I thought the sawmill was pretty good because it was pretty simple. You just move the joystick up and down. But I hated the foundry. Yes. I absolutely hated doing the lightning. There was so many times he keeps asking you to do the lightning. And I was actually getting a little bit of a glitch where even if you said no, he would still keep saying, let's do the lightning. No. Let's do the lightning. And it's like, oh, my gosh, fine. I'll do it so you shut up. Some of it, yes, got a little annoying. Well, the sawmill, like, I think it's it's funny because you have to, like, keep with the lines. And it just reminded me when I was in middle school, I had shop. And we had, like, the, the actual, like, kind of scary machines that you would cut the wood with. You did that in middle school? Yeah. And Jeez, I please. was really nervous about it. And I had my friend do it for me all the time. <laughs> so I would just, like, paint them. Um, I honestly, like a bunch of us asked him to, cause we were, we were super nervous on the machine. They just, they tell you to go for it. They don't, there really wasn't any guidance. Man, I can't believe you were in middle school using woodshop. That's, that sounds a little scary. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust myself to just my age, my decrepit age that I am <laughs> to just walk up to a sawmill and be like, I got this. It's cool. If anything, I'm less likely to now, I think, cause I'm scared of it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I didn't really care for the sawmill. I will say, if you could get enough of the logs, then it really didn't matter. I mean, it was a matter... Yeah, you could get a ton more planks, obviously, if you did the loom right. But you weren't, to your point, going back, you didn't fail. Even if you did it wrong, it just cut it in half and you got only like one plank instead of getting four planks or something if you got it perfect. So you you weren't really even punished for it you just didn't do as well as you could have now the the foundry you could fail and it was tedious and boring i agree that one i hate but I it, you I... didn't get punished if you failed it's not like oh you failed we took your ore like you right. can't get it back yeah i don't even know if it used any coal if you failed to be honest i i only did a couple like maybe once or twice cuz i wasn't paying attention but i don't know it was still pretty hard to fail those yeah. I still wish that you could upgrade it so that at a certain point it would be like kind of like Stardew or My Time at Porsche where you just throw the stuff in and does it for you. Yeah. Like I like that they did it first, but I felt like it would have been a better idea to transition because I would much rather be fishing than like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I felt like some activities like fishing ended up falling to the wayside because even though my boat's traveling to a destination, I felt like I had so many chores. Oh, got to water this, got to do that, got to craft this got to do this got to feed him got to entertain this person and then in the end it's like well i haven't been able to fish in forever i haven't been able to get any of that resource oh i I forgot to tell um you something andrew so keith i don't know if you got stanley he's a mushroom you get a mysterious seed and you grow him Ooh, no i didn't get mitch stanley he's really cute he's very mischievous and i ended up getting another mystery seed and i started growing another one and i like saw his head coming up and everything and i was really excited i was like oh i get another one turns out if you get another mysterious seed like he just disappears like you pull him out and there's nothing there oh even though you see his head so i wanted him to have a friend but (laughs) interesting i'll have to keep an eye out for that yeah, so I enjoyed that, that Spirit Fair had like all these different little mini games. They're all very simple, very short. 
It's at least the one good thing. But some of the uh, some of the ones that I thought were generally pretty fun were kind of the gathering ones of like the jellyfish or the fireflies. Because I think overall the platforming in this game is very simple. But I actually thought it was really enjoyable. It was really good when you finally got your double jump and your glide. You can really start traversing your ship. And your ship starts to get huge. Yeah. So it's really kind of cool kind of exploring this town that you're building to do some of these mini games of collecting some things. Now, one thing I will say I didn't like, and it was the only thing, again, I guess you close to say you could like fail at, was the zip lining was not great. At least I, yeah. it was a little Especially bit touchy. Especially in the caves. Yeah, so, but even, but going back again, is the worst that happened? You fall to the bottom, and at the end of the day, it wasn't like it was, you know, this huge mountain you climb up. It was maybe like seven or eight different ones that, yeah, tedious a little bit. It wasn't overly punishing if you failed, I guess. It was just a nuisance. I think you're also meant to go back to different places too because there's one point where you can zip line but you need a, a dash or something and i do like that sometimes it would tell you if you needed something that you didn't have because it's like oh don't bother going in there which was nice yeah so this game definitely has like a little bit of a metroidvania type of feel as your character starts to get different abilities yeah you can kind of go back to explore these new areas and it is also very nice whenever you curse over a certain land it tells you if you were missing something It'll say, like, oh, there's a couple chests here you haven't collected yet, or hey, there's a sheep here or a spear here they even found. So it also made it very simple for you. If you are going back to different areas, you know what you're missing and what you can try to find. Oh, I do have a hot tip on that, because it took me a little bit to actually figure out. When it's lit up, that's when it means it's there, not that you've picked it up. Because I thought it was the other way around for quite a bit, and I was getting a little bit frustrated. So things are lit up until you've gotten them. Then it goes to gray. Oh, so if it's grayed out, it means you already collected it? Yeah. Yes. I was oh. I was going to islands backwards for probably a good hour when I first realized that and yeah. Then I figured it I out. Wasn't, I wasn't like, oh. I wasn't fully sure about that, but I had an I had a feeling it was that way too, but I wasn't fully sure. And then on top of Key's hot tip, I also have another hot tip if you're playing this game. If you are looking to make a good amount of money, the best thing to do is to grow tea and brew it. And then because each cup of tea cut you can sell for over 400 currency, which is really quick way to make some money. And also, if you do the errands, so there's a, a guy that kind of just roams the sea on his little boat and he has errands for you. You can get a lot of money from those too. You can. And he repeats some errands too. So it's always nice to try not to sell your resources because you never know when you need them, especially later on in the game. Nothing was more frustrating when you're farther on like the right side of the map and you need copper, which is all the way on the left side of the map. It's like... Oh, I should also say, too, that when you have people go to the Everdoor, when you keep their houses, you can still do the events because um, because when you're doing a certain event, you need certain characters. So if you don't have a character yet, for instance, like I think Giovanni does the comments. If you go to the comment area without Giovanni, you can't do it. So I didn't get him to the Everdoor, but when he goes to the Everdoor, if you just keep his house, you'll be able to activate it on his door. I said door a lot. Door. Door, 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 door. Uh, is there really much more to touch touch about gameplay? Uh, we can mention taxis. That's a... Uh, I didn't yeah. use taxis I mean, I'll, oh, what I was going to say is, I mean, really, I, I didn't ever really sold any resources. So to Andrew's point, there's no need to because you have a subset of items that are meant to be sold. Those are the ones you're really supposed to make money off of. Now, the tea leaves or the, the, the cooked tea, a cup of tea... 
great way to do it. But other than that, yeah, just if you have it, use it or don't use it, but don't sell it. It's not worth it. Andrew, I saw you selling quartz and you ended up needing a ton of that later on. Uh, not a ton, but some of it. No, I ended up selling on my slate. Because oh. slate, whenever you go over a resource, it normally tells you, hey, later on this can be crushed for this or this can be smelted into this. Slate didn't say anything. All it said was keep away from like charcoal or keep away from the walls or something like that. So it didn't say what you needed it for. So I didn't even think it was a building material. But yeah, so that's why I ended up selling all of it. And then it's like, crap, I need to build a building. Poor sweet summer child. I know. But that is one thing that's really nice about this. So even though Spear Fair is kind of a resource management game, one of the best things about it is there is no inventory limit. You could have a billion things in your backpack and it does not matter. So that was one thing that I think is super nice. That's so, always fantastic. Yeah, so that's another reason why you really generally don't have to worry about like, oh, if I need to sell something. If you can, if you want to, if you have like 99 of something, sure, I guess you could sell a good 20 and you'll be, you'll be safe. Yeah, not having to worry about inventory management, I get lost in that. Like Forager was actually one I'd done a little better than usual where I was actually organizing like one inventory box with a certain type of item, but I largely never do that. And I can get so overwhelmed with inventory management. So if not having to do that, just added to the nice relaxation of this game. And on top of just how easy and comfortable the gameplay is, I thought the music was so good. The soundtrack of Spear Fairy, I think, is really fantastic. So I agree with you, but this is the first game that I left it on the load screen. And I hated it. I was <laughs> I lasted like 10 seconds. For some reason, like in the game, the music is great. It has, it does a really good job with like changing the mood. But yeah, oh my goodness, you cannot leave it on the home screen. <laughs> yeah, this game had a nice diversity of music. Sometimes it was some nice jazz. Sometimes it was nice classical music. Sometimes like it's a little acoustic. You can even play your own guitar sometimes, which and you did a mini game, which was very reminiscent of. Zelda and the Ocarina of Time. I just, the music and the sound effects of this game are fantastic, especially too when you're on your boat and sailing, just like hearing the waves, hearing the seagulls. And this is a really, really fantastic game just to put some headsets on and just relax and just listen to. But you also don't need to. So if you, yeah, you definitely if you don't. don't like it, then, I mean, I actually listened to a couple podcasts when I was playing sometimes. So I kind of switched it up. Yeah, you definitely don't have to, but I, I think it does take away from the relaxation of the whole environment of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think largely just in the fact that none of the music was overly aggressive at any point. Yeah, it, it, just at every point, it was at the very least just nice background music. And I I feel like it always added something. I didn't largely pay attention for a while, as I tend to do. But the, like as I started to, is when I realized that it was very good. Ooh, good one. Um, what? Sounds like a fart. I, I, no, no I put my bottle down. Oh, it sounded like a fart. Sorry. That really derailed me. Um, I was trying to be quiet and I dropped it. <laughs> so yeah, music was good. Uh, I think that's all I, I've I think the music, I think the music really hits you, especially when you're delivering someone to the Everdoor. because like it goes to moments of like silence, and then the music really just kind of picks in. They did a fantastic job with the score of this game. This is definitely kind of a soundtrack too. I think you could listen to your car and it just be really relaxing. When you're traveling to the Everdoor, it is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, graphically, that's like my favorite area. And it's weird because the first time you bring someone to the Everdoor, there's this like jumping sequence that you do that you don't repeat again, but it shows pictures. And I just thought it was really interesting to do that for everyone. But when you're rowing and they're talking to you, it it's a mood. I mean, in general, the color palette and the graphics of Spearfair are 
absolutely phenomenal. Body language. I mean, they just nailed it. Yeah. There's the map is kind of broken up in like kind of five different areas. Right when you first start off, you're in kind of a very typical kind of like um I don't know, kind of like a German type European-esque kind of environment. But then if you head west, it becomes a lot more Asian. You have a lot more kind of some kind of like Chinese structures, maybe some Nordic. And then up north, yeah, it's a lot more colder. You got kind of like Norwegian structures. And then to the southeast, you have cities. So the color palette of this game is very diverse. And it's also just really striking and does a really good job. Like Liz was saying, when you go to the spirit door, the water is red, but all the trees are white. There's amazing reflections in the water, too, yeah. like, when, wherever you're going. And even the food, like, there's, like, different, like, scallops and mussels and stuff on your ship. And I, I just thought everything looked so good. The food looked good. And I wanted to eat it. Like, <laughs> Did you want to hug the lions? Oh, my goodness. The, those hug scenes. The gotcha Especially goes. when they were, like, surprised and, like, because they're not very affectionate people, but they wanted to anyway. Oh, my gosh. I, I will say, <laughs> I, I don't fully, or I don't disagree with you on that, but I wish they changed. The fact that it was always the same reaction took away from it. Like, if, if, their, if their mood changed their reaction to it, because I will say, I did have both the lions turn me down on a hug once. It just, they're like, no, I, I don't want down you near too. me right now. If you now. hug them too soon. I don't know. It didn't seem like it was too soon. Yeah, but they, was... they had different reactions when they declined, though. Like, some were like, I'm good right now. And then <laughs> others were like, I need to get more attuned or something. Like, I like that they kind of, like, some were nicer than others. And I was really surprised that, like, Bruce and Mickey, they're, like, they're criminals. They're they're not very nice. And even they were, like, they wanted hugs. Like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Just give me a hug. But, Liz, you made a good point that, they did a fantastic job kind of showing, like, the body language and stuff like that. And I kind of wanted to ask you two, because I know it bothers you two, I feel like, the most when this happens in games. But did it ever annoy you that there was, like, sometimes dialogue or voices during the text scenes, like, when they would actually talk to you? I know you guys complained about it, that you either wanted none or all. I didn't like it at first just because I don't like it in, in general. But then as the game went on, like, I just thought it was cute. And it, that never happens to me. I usually just hate it the entire time. So I think for me, the, the game got away with it. Yeah, I, I agree. And for me, it was just the fact that it wasn't actual spoken text. Like, there was no point anyone actually spoke to me and then stopped it speaking It was at first. Me. Karen did. Karen spoke English at the beginning. That's what irritated me. He yeah. was the only character. Oh, I, fa- I don't really remember that, actually. But I, outside of that, I mean, it was really just all your characters. I did find it funny, though, that they would kind of... Well, I, maybe I guess a lot of games always make the joke, but your character never responds. And, I don't know, they made some kind of pasting joke about my silence says everything or something like that. So basically everyone's just talking at you all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. you pointed out to me that the character that you play, Stella, looked irritated or, like, yeah, get this she, over with at She one still point. has expressions. One of the characters you meet, I'm drawing a blank at his name, but he's a, a bird, but he's very pretentious. Gustav. Gustav, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he's very pretentious. He's very snooty. And he's just, he's long-winded. He just talks, 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 talks. And there's actually one point where the screen turns black and it comes back up and he's still talking. And your character just is like bored. standing there looking annoyed <laughs> and bored. So yeah, even though your character didn't say anything, they still did a really good job at least showing her expressions and how she was feeling about the environment. Which that reminds me, because sometimes they get really excited when you give them foods that they love. 
But it kind of gets annoying when you have to click through the same dialogue over and over again. And it's like six dialogue screens. Yeah. And so for me, it's like have it all in one. Or just, I don't know. Just I, I That irritated me. I keep remembering things. <laughs> Another thing that, well, it didn't irritate me, but I thought it was kind of funny. I like when the game starts. You meet Charon, and he's like, here's your special orb, your Everlight. This is precious. Don't lose it. This is the thing that distinguishes you as the spirit fair. He's like, be careful with it. And if you ever leave your character alone, she starts kicking it around, throwing it like a yo-yo. Yep. <laughs> your cat's plague with it, batting it around. And it's just like, she does not care if she breaks this device. Oh, yeah, the cat it's floats cl- in water on it. Yeah. But I just think it's funny. Karen's like, don't lose this. This is the most precious thing on you. And then you're just throwing it around <laughs> like well, it's it, nothing. It is everything. Like, it's if you want a saw, which I think they did an amazing job with the saw movements. Because it's not like other games. Like, when you're chopping down a tree... But when you use it as a pickaxe, I always overextended it, and then you have to wait like a good like five seconds to use yeah. it again. So for me, it's like, shouldn't it just be like perfect the way that it is? I don't know. No, they kind of yeah. they gotta add some level of of effort to it. Um, but oh, I was just welcoming everyone to our latest segment of the podcast. It's called "And Another Thing," where we talk <laughs> about another thing. I'm the worst offender. And then another thing, and then another thing, until we're out of things to talk about. And then we just say bye. <laughs> well, bye. As far as this is going, these are all just super minor. And, like, they're not even, like, complaints. They're more kind of, I don't know, hindsight is <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Because for me, I, I generally have really little I can complain about this, about Spirit Fair. I, I enjoyed my time. This To me, this was... This was such a relaxing game. I never felt like, oh, I need to play it. I need to kind of, you know, get ready for the podcast. For me, it was just one day of work, drink a beer, just sit and relax and enjoy. And so they're getting into our next segment. I know, Liz, you absolutely hated it. But the achievements? Oh, it really grinded my gears because I, I, it wasn't like other games where, like, you sent someone to the Everdoor and you get an achievement. Like, I felt like everything that I worked really hard for, I didn't get an achievement for. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I didn't like them at all. I will say there's one that Andrew got that I purposefully avoided because I just didn't want to deal with, like, how, how many sheep are there? Five. Yeah, you have to have five sheep on your boat and you feed them and you, like, trim their hair and everything. And I was just like, no, I'm good with the one. <laughs> I knew it was an achievement, but I was like, I just didn't feel like doing it and building the stuff for them and... um but yeah, I got 245, 12 out of 39. Andrew, you crept up. I was in the lead for so long. You got 14 with a score of 280. Keith, 190 with nine achievements. Dang. Yeah, I felt like the achievements, they're definitely, the way they're set up is that they're all meant to really kind of like snowball at the end. Because as let's said, the yeah. sheep, there's five of them to collect. Like, okay, that's an achievement. It's pretty simple. But then if you look, there's also another achievement where you shear your sheep over 500 times. Oh, it's 500 so like, oh, times? Very grindy. I think so. It was something really high. I thought it was and 50. It's just, I don't know. If it was 50, I'm pretty sure I feel like I've got that already well, because I've been shearing them like crazy. That's something that, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a complaint by any means, but I did feel like, and, and I'm double checking myself because I might have just read it wrong. But I, I think you take the bus 50 times. Yeah. Oh, taxi? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's where I'm mixing that up. Cause, but either way, yeah, a lot of the things, it was just, I don't know, it was about doing all of that over time. and just. I mean, you do like, have to put a lot of hours into this game. Yeah, so the time to beat, right now for the average for main story, you're looking about like 21 hours. 
if you're looking to complete everything, you're looking between 30 to 35. But yeah, I've, I've heard some people describe this game as being about a 40-hour game. And so even though you're not doing too much new stuff, so that's my only complaint is, yeah, some of these things can be a little tedious. And it does show, especially with the achievements. But overall, I mean, the achievements are fine. I, I felt like they're kind of hard to miss. There's some I think you could miss, but overall, I don't think you can. Which is good, because that'd be awful to play a 40-hour game just to get one achievement if you're a perfectionist. Yeah, so looking at it, and there may be like two of them, but there is one that says shear the sheep at least 50 times. And I swear oh, okay. I did at least 50. And I don't know. I still don't have that achievement. But Yeah, I think, I think some of the achievements are also slightly glitched. Because with the sheep achievement, it says to collect five sheep and to put them in pens. And I definitely have one sheep that's not in a pen, but it still gave me the achievement. So I think the achievements are slightly glitched. I mean, I was experiencing some glitches with the game. Nothing game-breaking. was very, very buggy. My characters kept being stuck. There was one point where I was in... I was, I think I was in the foundry, and all of a sudden my character got stuck, and it just started swinging my character back and forth like a rag doll. It was so weird to look at. Oh uh, but yeah, my characters got stuck on the stairs. They got stuck everywhere. It was mostly the uh, guests on the ship, though. Yeah, I have one uh, small glitch. I was interacting with Astrid in the foundry because that's where she hangs out to help you out. And I was talking to her, feeding her, giving her a hug. And all of a sudden she started using the foundry when we were mid-hug. So it kind of like wedged my character <laughs> between her and the foundry. Eventually it let go of me when she stopped doing using the foundry. But it was like this, yeah, weird kind of glitch I got. For me, it was primarily one character, Summer. And it was the entire time that I played, which is weird. Uh, see, I thought I had a glitch with Summer. I was convinced I did um, when when we went to what, Mount Toriyama, I believe is the name of the island. I just, I didn't see the door I needed to go out. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't glitched. I was just dumb. I, I, I know what part you're talking about. That actually confused me at first, too. I actually walked by it, too, trying to figure out, like, how am I supposed to get out of this mountain? And I figured out that there was a door I, right there. I legitimately looked up a YouTube video and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> And then I, I realized I was dumb. Also, too, to tell you guys, another quick fun fact. I did not realize this till Liz brought it up, but this game actually does have co-op. Only on the PC version at the moment. I'm sure it'll be updated for the Xbox version later on. But if you have Game Pass PC, you can play co-op where someone will actually be able to play the cat, Daffodil, and you both can kind of help each other out. Cutest name ever for a cat, by the way. Yeah, I couldn't figure out if it was a cat or a dog at first. No, it was it's definitely a cat. A cat. It, it, it's a cat. I figured that out eventually, but... It was too playful and energetic and actually followed you around. And it's like, this can't be a cat. Cats don't do that. Yeah, it was a fun little world. <laughs> I liked Daffodil. It was although, clearly fantasy. Although I love animals with human names. So if it had been named like, I don't know, Hank. Helen or something, I think that would have been pretty awesome. But uh, getting to our final thoughts, Liz, what did you think of Spearfare? I really liked it. I wish there was more story. And, do you know what? Usually I give the score right away. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm going to give it an 85. My I want to... What? My heart's beating. Racing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the score? I want to give it higher, but I just felt like they needed to add more of the story. That was a, the biggest disappointment for me, and I think the story is great. I just want more of it. I wish that I didn't have to do so much back and forth. Like they made, It made it so that you more went to... like one area than the next you don't really have to go back as much and little things like that so overall i think it's 
a great game. I'm addicted to it. I can't stop playing it. But for me, like, I feel bad giving, like, taking away that many points for the story. But, like, I just, I'm greedy. I want more, you know? So... She said 85. She already said Oh, I I'm my bad. How many beers have you had? <laughs> not, even, not even paying attention. I have been on <laughs> half a beer here. Uh, <laughs> so 85. Got it. I love the game. I don't know. I think it's great. I, it's funny because I'm going to give it an 85, but I don't I don't have anything bad to say about it. I do agree that, well, so I guess this is bad. I don't know. I agree that it can feel a bit tedious at, one, at points, but in the big picture, I think this is a game that you play, if you play 30 hours of it, you play it over a month and you interject it, you know, when you just need to cool off from another game or, I don't know, you've had a long day and you just need something to relax, but you still want to play something. It's a great, great play for that. So playing through in a week, it can get a little overbearing, I guess. But in the big picture, it's just a fantastic game. And I would just say play it. It's worth your time. Which, uh, not to interject with you, Andrew, I just want to say really quick that Andrew and I, I mean, we have two Xboxes, but we share one. And whenever he would sign into another Xbox, if he was under the my Xbox as well, it would close out my game. And so they, there is some autosave, but it's not not the greatest. It's not terrible, but it's not the greatest. So keep that in mind. That's never happened to me with a game. It happened every single time. So So then for my score, I as I fully agree with Keith. Well, both of you guys. I think this, this game is really fantastic. And Keith, you make a very good point. This is definitely a game where you can just drop it for a month and easily pick it back up. The controls are super simple. As we said, you can't fail at anything. You can just only do better. So even if you come back and forget how to properly kind of do some things, you're not going to get punished. You're not going to, it's not going to set you back. It's not going to kill you. None of your characters are going to die. So this is, this is just something if you you had a rough day at work, you can easily just pop it in and just really relax to it. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. I thought the gameplay was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the base building, the resources, management stuff got a little tedious and frustrating. I do agree with Liz. I'm more just, yeah, greedy as well. I wanted to know more about these characters. Some of them, yeah, I had a little bit of feels, but I was expecting, I don't know, a bit heavier hits, which I may get later on in the game. We haven't been able to beat it because it's a very long game, but I think I'm going to give it a solid 90. I really enjoyed my time with it. It is just, it's really relaxing. And I'm excited to now play it on the cloud streaming service. I'm going to feel terrible if all the information is at the end, but I feel like it's not. I feel like they would have drip-fed it more. Well, no, it's, yeah, I feel like they would have drip-fed it more. Looking at Metacritic, the critic section is TBD. It's a newer game, correct? Yes, sure you. Users, 7.8, but the score was cut drastically by our fourth co-host. <gasps> oh, he's come, to, he's come back. <laughs> so there's only 11 reviews, and he is the only one to give a zero. <laughs> of it course, was a the zero. The critic, I mean, he's thinking maybe game of the year for this game. He gave it 100, and he was the only critic. The users were all 10s and 8s, uh, except for this uh, this one guy. This person. And <laughs> I think he was on, like, a rant or something, because this translation made no sense. So it started out with... Glory to Game Pass, or rather Turd Pass, in view oh. of the quality 
No, sorry. In view of the quantity of indie turds that are offered, he, then he goes on to say 2D, 16 colors. He brings in Luke Skywalker and talks about Jedis. And then at the end, he brought up roast beef. I don't know what's happening with this guy. <laughs> I think it really See, bothered I'm, him. I, having a stroke. <laughs> what? I hope you're okay so, if you're listening to us out there. I was using the same translation and I've never like had this before. But, I mean... <laughs> They're not gonna like. I mean, Luke Skywalker was clearly written by him, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that, um, that's not lost of translation. I don't know where the roast beef came in, but um, <laughs> he turd doesn't pass. like the indie I like turds. turd pass. It's, it's clever. This is this is good. We need to. I need to find out. I, I don't know. I I need to find out so much more. If I hope I hope you're out there and you listen to us, and I hope you forgive us if you do. But also, can you please let us know? I need to know more. <laughs> I, this is so intriguing. Like, everything we're praising about the game, he's like, no, graphics are awful. It's only 2D. That's so weird. I, I don't understand why he plays video games. I do not understand And he it. definitely hates indie games. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, what a delight. The, I want to know roast beef, what that has to do with this game. He's got to be so fun at parties. Whatever <laughs> they are. But anyway, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you all so much for joining. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I'm also on Twitch with the same name. And if you want to write us an email, we're at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at GPGBPod and other things. And if you want to contact us, I'm sure you can find us on the Google. Yeah, I think if you just Google Game Pass Grab Bag, we'll come up somewhere. Or we'd, we love if you, we'd love if you wrote a review for us on Apple iTunes. Yeah, I'm in Keith. Bye. <laughs> I'm Liz Noob, Gamertag, Common I'm Dean. I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob. Noob is EW. Man, was this like the most efficient close-up we've ever had? No. We're talking about candy bars. Well, because you know what I didn't talk about is this game has like next to no loading time. I think it's pretty great. Oh, I, I had some. I had yeah, quite a bit of loads, low. but they weren't long. Yeah. There we go. Efficiency ended. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Wait, I, one more thing. Yeah, like as he said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing. We hope you have a great night. Bye, guys.